Hello everyone and welcome back to my brand new podcast to you from me. I'm so excited to say that the lovely Lieber bookstore in Sligo have been so generous to offer to sponsor this whole podcast. So if you're a local around Sligo, pop into the bookshop or if not, don't worry, you can head online to their website L-I-B-E-R Lieber bookstore and use the discount code to you from me July discount and you'll get 15% off your very first purchase. On this week's podcast I'm delighted to have Irish actor Baz Black with me. You'll probably recognize him from some shows such as Into the Badlands, Blue Bloods and Irish Pictorial Weekly. Baz is also a highly respected piercing artist and a proponent of body modification. He frequently contributes to media debates on the merits and artistry of body modification. So Baz, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thanks very much for having me. Good, good. Look, I'm delighted to have you. Um, So why don't we start off? Um, Would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and your background growing up? Yeah, um, I was, uh, I suppose like I was lucky enough that I grew up in a rough enough town and my parents moved out of that town towards the country when I was five. Um, so I got to kind of grow up in a country environment and then still had the, the town side of everything. Um, I was always a bit of a handful as a kid. Um, <laughs> creative creative is one word, but I was told like I was always a daydreamer and needed to concentrate more, you know, the usual. Um, but always kind of creating my own little world, um, uh, very active and quite hyper I suppose um, but yeah I mean overall I had a great childhood growing up in the woods and um, me and my brother would disappear down the woods for most of the day whenever we could you know and um, it's funny I, I say to my mom now I was like you're such an irresponsible parent we'd be gone for like 10 hours down the woods we could have been dead like, that's just the way it was you know rangers could have come to take so, us yeah. away <laughs> exactly, yeah yeah um, so yeah, pretty pretty good childhood, and then went to school in the town of Dorada, which was quite rough growing up. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much where I got to until I was a teenager, and I had a, a good bit of teenage angst then <laughs> growing up. Oh God! And um, so so yeah, what kind of age was that at? Um, I say from the age of like thirteen, um, yeah, onward. Um, you know, yeah, and it, it was just like. You know, like I said, it was quite a rough town. So there was the whole bravado of, you know, the hard man thing. And so it was all just a front and a protection thing that young lads do, you know. Um, exactly, to try like, and protect yourself like a, against the kind of outside. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, and I always, like, do have, like, a really, really quick, bad temper, you know. So I got in a lot of trouble um, growing up, but it was mainly true you know finding my place to express myself and I just always felt very different than everybody else so I didn't really know how to deal with that you know okay and then so how were you able to talk to your parents about it or did you have like a a, a group of friends or were you kind of just dealing with it on your own um yeah I mean like my parents have always been quite supportive um and like you know growing up in the teenage years uh me and my dad would be similar you know with our bad temper so we clashed quite a bit you know whereas my mom is the you know the understanding soft sensitive side yeah. you know so um but learned equally learned you know from both of them and um, for, for growing up but yeah I don't know I was always like suffered really bad with what I know now as anxiety and um, didn't know what it was when I was a kid you know I was always just 
had that like you know churn and feeling in my stomach and would overthink things and um was always very much deep in thought you know um and yeah like I did and my parents did try to help and I do remember that like I did see a psychiatrist when I was younger you know because I was acting out so much they just didn't know what the hell to do with me you know and um, yeah, always yeah. getting in trouble and always getting kicked out of school and yeah I was just I was a bit of a tear away to be honest I was a bit of a handful well do you know what that's actually the first person I've heard um I'm like I'm I'm not sure of your your age but like I, like I'm 28 and it's the first person I've heard that would be kind of an adult now to say that their parents actually did take them to to someone along the lines of like um psychiatrist or therapy or anything like that normally like I know when I would have been younger it was just kind of like it, it all kind of came out in me in physical symptoms that kind of way so it was always like oh well I'll bring you to the doctor and I suppose if there's nothing physical wrong then you're grand that kind of way yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so, I mean, so what was your kind of lineup and route to um, like therapy or, or, or psychiatrist? Yeah, I mean, it's just something that like, you know, I haven't even thought about for, for years and years. It's just something that I remember doing, you know, and going to. Um, but like, I do remember when I went to them, just kind of being my cheeky self and like kind of pulling the wool over their eyes. And, you know, I, I always would have a, like a big defense mechanism, you know, and um, sarcasm and cheek was my defense mechanism, you know, so I don't think I ever expressed to them really how I was actually feeling, you know, and um, for okay. fear of them judging me, you know, it was that kind of I, I was defensive when I shouldn't, you know, it should have been the opposite. But when you're a kid, you don't really know what to be doing with yourself. And I had really, really bad OCD. I still have bad OCD, but to the point of like, I would have to turn the light switch on and off seven times before I went to sleep or my whole family would die that was like how bad my OCD was, oh you know, really, really okay. bad. Yeah. Um, and I still, I, you know, I still have it, but not to that degree. Um, and I was never diagnosed with it, but over the last few years, I have realized that I definitely have a touch of ADD and definitely had it when I was a kid because I find it so hard to focus on one thing because my mind goes 100 miles a minute, which is great for creative things, but I find it hard to kind of concentrate on one thing. So now these days that I know that I, I have to tell, I have to have a little talk with myself and be like, you're doing yeah. this today. This is what's happening. Don't get distracted, you know? God, that, that sounds like you were dealing with a lot, like, especially as a young boy. So you're kind of just transitioning from child into teenager, into kind of like kicking around with the big boys, that kind of way, that kind of stage. Um, yeah, yeah. So how, how how did you like where did that go from from there so when you kind of realized there were a number of things that you were gonna have to start to deal with almost kind of transitioning into later teenage years what was your where did you go from there what did you do yeah I mean I suppose like music was always my my savior you know and grew up with it my my cousins were always in bands I've been drumming since I could walk apparently according to my mother um, so music was like a major, major factor in, in my life. And then the drumming, which was amazing because I was getting to express myself. Um, and then like all the, the trouble, like I, I was, I started off doing karate and kickboxing and then I was in a boxing club, but the boxing club was promoting you to be violent, which was terrible. You know, when I look back yeah. on it, you know, it was teaching you that if somebody looked at you the wrong way in the street, that you're entitled to go over and punch the head off them. And these are young, impressionable kids, you know? So it wasn't yeah. until then I joined the martial arts of jiu-jitsu that, you know, it completely did a 360. It's all about respect. And I was able yeah. to channel a lot of my frustrations and anger into that, you know? So that definitely helped 
a lot and um, to, to calm me down um, and then just expressing myself through art and obviously the tattoos and just always wanting to be different like I if if the crowd was doing one thing I would do the opposite whatever that was yeah. I would always do the opposite of what everyone was doing you know so so tell me about the tattoos. Obviously, I can see it. <laughs> Not many, no one else can. <laughs> um, but I actually, I first um, came across, you probably wouldn't remember me, but I was working on the Tommy Tiernan show when yeah. you were being in, in, uh, interviewed by Tommy. Um, and obviously he was chatting to you about the tattoos and the kind of views that people may take of that sometimes. So would you mind just telling everyone a little bit about that maybe? Yeah, I mean, like, never plan on being as heavily tattooed as I am um, yeah. and you know I I do a lot of you know talking about these days about like mental health and you know trying to help anybody that the stuff that I dealt with going through it. and again I find I, I get quite defensive over it because people who modify their bodies whether it's tattoos or plastic surgery or whatever and um, they do get tired with the brush of mental health issues, you know? And so yeah. I'm always quite cautious and defensive admitting that, you know, I do struggle with, you know, depression and anxiety and all these other things. And um, it's not something that I openly admit, but these days, you know, my, my perspective of it has changed a little bit, but the, the whole tattoos, you know, it was, like I said, it was um, being different from the crowd, expressing myself. I was a little punk rocker, drummer, you know, <laughs> all these things influenced it and it was whatever I could do to express myself and not be with the sheep and the norm you know I went and did it I never seeked anybody's approval I was quite reckless about it um, and like if I'm being perfectly like honest and it's not something that I say like I never planned on living long you know I, I that was my mentality growing up like I just I never it was never oh what's going to happen in 20 years and 30 years and people still say that to me now and you could be hit by a bus tomorrow so do whatever makes yeah. you happy that's a big thing of mine you know but I, I was in the mindset of I really was just like fuck it I'm I'm not going to live a long life I'm going to do whatever the hell I want and uh, don't need anyone's approval or opinion so I very much you know got them for myself it wasn't for anybody else's approval and it's complete contradiction that I absolutely despise the attention that it brings. I hate it when it's in public and everybody can't get their heads around that because as humans, we judge aesthetically and they're like, well, you did it to yourself. So you have to expect it, but that's because we're conditioned that way, you know, to be yeah. judgmental yeah. of anything that is different or, you know, they don't understand. But um, yeah, I'm really quiet and shy in my daytime reel, even though I might come across as confident. So walking into a bar or a restaurant and everybody's staring, like that's my idea of hell. Like I absolutely hate it. So I do avoid a lot of social situations unless I'm drumming and playing a gig with my band or something like that. Because be yeah. people are bad enough in daytime real, but with drink on them, um, it just becomes, it ends up in arguments and fights and then it ruins my friends and family's nights, you know? So yeah, well, that's it changes, what I was it changes your world. Has it ever caused like any confrontation like in, in public or have you ha ever had anything that really really kind of came to affect you badly out of it yeah i mean i can't tell you the amount of uh both verbal and physical altercations like there has been over the years you know um and one thing i i 100 like people being curious and asking the same questions and i'm like a robot i answered on my friends and my wife laughs because i give the same answers to the same questions that i've been asked <laughs> a thousand times that's fine it is what it is I can block it out a lot when I'm out with people and they're saying to me, fucking hell, is that not driving you mad? They're staring and pointing. I don't acknowledge that anymore. I just, yeah. I can block it all out. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, the likes of, you know, discrimination, I was refused membership to a gym because of my tattoos and a haircut like mine in Dublin. And I'm a qualified fitness instructor as well. And uh, I've been asked to move in restaurants and I've been refused into pubs and clubs and all that kind of stuff. But um, I will not let anybody pass the line of disrespect. That's just, it doesn't matter if I'm tattooed or not. That's always been the way I am. I don't put up with it. I don't deal with it. And then people are shocked that you're defending yourself and you, you know, you're sticking up for yourself. They think that they can just say whatever they want and pass their opinions on. Or people yeah. will come up and start touching you in a public place. I can't tell you the amount of times that that's happened. Yeah, uh, well, hopefully not now in COVID days, but yeah, they'll <laughs> come up and start touching my tattoos and then I'll touch them back and they'll be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what are you doing? You're touching me. Oh, oh but God. I was just touching your tattoo. You know, and it's just like, it's, <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, like I said, I understand people being curious and it's something that I have to deal with. Unfortunately, I have to deal with it. I'd rather not deal with it, um, but I will draw the line. And I, like I said, I have a bad temper and it's got me in so much trouble and it's, it's a not to a hundred temper. It's, and everybody knows me as, you know, nice baths usually. And when they <laughs> see that side, it, it's a shock, you know, um, I am a Scorpio. So talking about that actually, and people's kind of views on aesthetic things, I was, I've and I've watched it a few times. Um, can you tell us a bit about your um, your appearance when Katie Hawkins was there as well, or is that something you don't like talking about? Because uh, personally, I wouldn't like talking <laughs> about it if she was anywhere. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, like I don't I know mean, how you must have felt with those sort of comments, and also kind of growing up with that feeling of um maybe lacking in self-esteem or having that anxiety and dealing with depression how how do those things make you feel with someone with a profile like hers and she's just throwing shit at you yeah yeah I mean that video in particular has brought the most amount of hate into my life um, yeah. and that's why that's why I kind of I hate it you know because um, it's it's been shared so many times and like even recently on TikTok it went 2 million shared and and uh, I don't read comments anymore because of the amount of hate that I get I just don't which is unfortunate because I don't get to see any of the positive side um, but I just don't read them and that I ended like I got five death threats from that video through TikTok you know they actually found oh me gosh. on my other social medias because I wasn't acknowledging them there and got death threats and um, that brings the most amount of hate in that toxic environment and I try and move away from any of that now because I used to get angry and sit there and reply to these idiots that are craving attention you know and yeah. that's giving them what they want so I don't do that exactly. anymore but as regards as regards yeah the Katie Hopkins thing I mean I always feel that I come from a place of um having to defend my choices you know it's it, and it's hard even when I meet people that it takes 20 minutes to get past that conversation before they get to my real personality you know yeah. it's it's always you know and that's I understand it again but yeah I always feel like I'm defending it and then I have to understand as well that I like I am the unofficial voice for the modification industry or tattooed people or people who want to be different you know so the Katie Hopkins thing it'd be very easy for me to lose my temper and start shouting at her and but that's exactly feeding into the stereotype that they want you know so yeah. I have to remember where I am and hold myself back with it but she was full of shit I mean before we went out she was basically molesting me backstage she was like I love your tattoos I love tattoos you're amazing oh my god and then no. just before we went out she said don't mind me I get paid to be a bitch that's the last thing she said to me 
And oh then my she went God. out, she had her opinions. Yeah. And then afterwards, big hugs. And she was like, you bastard, you call me out on me having earrings. That was amazing. I'd no comeback for you. And I was like, I was slagging her then, you know, and she was actually good crack. Like I was like, you are absolutely, you know, so she's full of shit. But these kind of people, <laughs> you know, they want to, I've refused more TV shows like that than I said yes to. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many yeah. times I've been asked to go on Channel 4's Body Shockers and anything that they're trying to make out and um, that there's something wrong with you if you do these things, yeah. I yeah. won't be a part. It has to come from no. a positive voice, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so just actually jumping back onto what you, you said something there a couple of minutes ago um, about the about about anxiety and depression. Um, depression isn't something that I have um, experienced myself. Um, I know, I know it's what my doctor explained to me with when I when I went to her. Um, I know she gave me she gave me a test, um, and I don't know how. I don't know how accurate they are, but it's like a test to decipher between anxiety and depression. Um, and my my way to describe to her would have been, I feel like I sometimes experience feelings of depression from the extreme anxiety. So I would be so careful in saying that, yeah, okay, I do, I do kind of deal with anxiety, but I am very cautious talking about the depression or just the subject of depression because it's not something that is my area and that I would have dealt with so I don't know is there something that you can you kind of explain what that deciphering line is between the two or have you have you even thought about that before just because you know some parents with kids there's probably a bit of both going on um, and I think I think a lot of parents just don't know where to turn and what to do and and yeah I, I don't know have you have you even thought about that or is it has it all just come together at you at once yeah like I think I, I I'm kind of a mixed bag you know whereas I have the OCD the ADD and the depression you know so yeah. I don't know whether you define that as manic or or whatever and like again it's weird because it really isn't something that I talk about even though I do so much motivational speaking and stuff I don't really speak about myself because yeah. you know the problem is and again it's a very much a male orientated orientated thing is it can seem as a weakness you know and yeah. as you know guys even in this day and age you're brought up to you know still act like the strong man and stuff and they, they're kind of barriers that I'm breaking down but I mean yeah. like the, the depression thing just like hits me like a sack of spuds you know I could be fine you know most of the week and then just one day it's just you cannot get out of your own head you know uh, just everything comes down you you're judging yourself Um, I mean like and I suppose the tattoos feeds into like you know I don't like the way I look and you know you're not good enough and you know the acting side of things you're never going to be this never going to be that yeah. but like it it does get like pretty bad um, and I was really bad when I was around the age of 18 19 um, to the point of suicidal like you know and it really like reached rock bottom um so i kind of have coping and dealing mechanisms with it but if i'm in that mood i just cannot talk i can't speak to yeah. anyone it doesn't matter if it's my wife my friends my parents i don't want to talk to anyone i just leave me alone and let me get through it that's just how i deal with it which is probably not a good thing but i just can't so that's ineffective in that, that, that is one of your coping mechanisms 
yeah it's i don't want to talk to anybody you know um and then like i know like movies well because i'm an actor but movies have always been my escape you know so i will stick on a film and i'm happy just watching it on my own and just to deal with it so yeah i don't know it's like it just depression just hits me out of nowhere Uh, it's not a constant thing um, and but it's kind of like when it does hit me it hits me hard and then I'll be okay then again you know but the anxiety yeah. thing is always always there yeah and like for any parents who who might have when I say kids I'd say even 16 17 18 kind of young adults and stuff um, and they're kind of struggling with it would you would you kind of how would you how would you advise them on not to, neither of us are professionals on the topic here but like from your own personal experience um and how your parents and stuff were with you would you have any advice to to parents as to maybe how to approach their child or things not to say or not to do that will just you know the way there are some some one-liners like things like you'll be grand just just yeah. get over it you know things like that would you have any kind of do's or don'ts in those situations yeah I mean it's so so tough and it's so subjective depending on you know the personality of of the kid and I I know just for me that my parents kind (laughs) of quickly realized that um I rebelled against anything that they set down rules for and they were still you know strict and good parents and all that kind of stuff but it was just a case of you know if they turned around to me and said you are not allowed to smoke you don't smoke I would have went and smoked and because they never said that I never smoked you know I was that yeah, kind of yeah, yeah but as regards yeah like speaking to them it's like they're dealing with so much and in this day and age with social media unfortunately it's such a toxic environment like I I can't even begin to imagine and even like my niece is 11 now and she's even dealing with it at that age when I was 11 yeah. I was out like kicking a, a rock down, yeah, the, down yeah. the road you know and so they're dealing with all that uh, you know and the online bullying and stuff like that so it's it's trying to get an understanding on what's going on in their world and trying to show them that there's different options to encourage them to get into different stuff I mean I used to do theater when I was you know younger and it was honestly the type of town that if they found out that I was doing theater, you'd get your head kicked in. <laughs> you know, yes. this is how ridiculous it was. Yes. So be, not being able to express yourself and being fearful of not being able to express yourself or if they think differently than somebody else, if it's to do with their sexuality or how they want to look or anything like that, the fear of society's pressure. And then, so if the parents can kind of, encourage that it's okay to be whoever you want to be and they're going to be proud of you regardless of it um or academically putting too much pressure on you academically you know there's so many other options to take i was always always told in school i would amount to nothing and i don't blame them because i was a little bollocks like (laughs) (laughs) you know but i it was just i was so creative i excelled at art and english and anything creative I loved I was constantly doodling and drawing on things and getting in trouble for not wearing the uniform and dyeing my hair and you know (laughs) all these kind of things and it's like they want you to fit into this mold of society they want you to be a workaround and anybody who's different from that they want to condemn you for it you know so if the parents can encourage and just be open-minded and kind of forget about what their parents may have drilled into them because it's generational you know exactly yeah that's the best I can say. Just try and nurture whatever direction they want to go in and let them make the mistakes. You know, you can't yeah. try and control their mistakes. They need the mistakes to grow and get on. So that's the best kind of advice I can give. 
Yeah. Look, I think that's a lovely note to end on. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on, Baz. I really appreciate it. And um, you mentioned you had a book earlier on. Is is there somewhere people can have a look at that if they still want to buy it? Yeah, um, it's called Ink Princess, and it is uh, the main point of sale is Amazon. Any of the Amazons, you'll find it. Ink Princess. Great, and you're you have your your tattooing and piercing studio as well. If anyone is uh, on the lookout for that, where can they they find that site or um, book in or anything like that? Yeah, so for that side of things, um, the shop page is on Facebook. It's Baz Black Pearson. And then any of the other social medias, um, you just type in Baz Black and you'll find me on any of those, Instagram or Twitter. Perfect. Yeah. Great. Well, look, thank you so much. I really enjoyed that. I hope everyone else did. And I shall be chatting to you very soon. Absolute pleasure. Thanks. Bye. Bye.